Hello and welcome to It's a Gundam, the internet's best episode-by-episode Gundam Seed podcast that is almost the internet's best episode-by-episode Gundam Seed Destiny podcast. Because no one else will have that show. My name is Jeremy. (laughs) No one else wants that show. Uh, I'm Tyler. My name is Zach. We are here to do a wrap-up on Gundam Seed, where we're going to answer your questions. We're going to watch the epilogue, as well as some fun little videos. We're going to do high points and low points for the entire series. Hopefully it'll be a good time, because this is the last idea we could come up with, the stall starting Gundam Seed Destiny. (laughs) I'm actually really excited to start Destiny. That first episode's good. I've got a few more ideas to stall, but they won't let me use them. Like like what? Watching I don't think all you pitched Code them. Geass. Not even doing a podcast on it. Just, just watching, watching it. it. <laughs> yes, watching Code Geass, making you watch Data Live, even though I don't think it's very good. Uh, eating some ramen. Um, making dinner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Beating Sekiro. Uh, playing that would some, do it. Playing some Persona 3 Battle Arena? Is that four. What, is, it, is it four? Okay. It's a good game. I like arc games. Could play Gundam Battle Assault 3 featuring Gundam Seed. Uh, the GBA uh, game. Okay. I know, I know you. I know yeah. you've told me that it's a G- Game Boy Advance game um, a couple times, and I just always get confused by that because Battle Assault Two was the PlayStation. Man, I haven't played that in forever. I should plug that in and play some terrible Street Fighter clone. All right. So, what did we think of Gundam Seed? We'll start with you, Tyler, because you'd never seen it before. Like, how is the podcast for you? <laughs> well, I mean, the podcast was fantastic. Uh, the show, what I would say, is pretty good. Um, I think. I have always liked the concept of Gundam as... Mecha or cool. Yeah, mecha or cool. That definitely is way up there. I also like shitty teenagers in wartime situations. And Gundam's got a lot of both of these things going on. And Gundam Seed is actually probably... I mean, to be fair, I haven't watched a huge number of them. But Gundam Seed's probably the best one I have seen. Probably what soured me on it a little bit is that I watched Code Geass halfway through recording this podcast. Um, and I, I hate to admit... Well, hate to admit it. I hate to admit that I agree with Zach. I think Code Geass is the better show, but clearly it's influenced a lot by Seed. Yeah, <laughs> there's no denying that. We don't get Code Geass without Seed, whether you think it's better or worse. And, no, I'd never try to deny or promote that. I just think Code Geass is better. And for definitely worse, we don't get Cross Ange. <laughs> Cross uh, Ange is fun. I wouldn't say it's good, but it is fun. <laughs> we don't get, uh, what's it called either? Buddy Complex. Um, actually, we might still get Buddy Complex. Yeah, you might still get Buddy Complex, actually. Might still get Cross Ange, too. Those were distant enough. Well, but Cross Ange was produced by the Gundam Seed guy, so there's a very solid link there. That is true. I mean, I have some specific, very high points in the series, but yeah, I, I would say overall, I enjoyed the show. Making the podcast has been a blast, though, so. Uh, Zach, do you have any Final Thoughts type stuff, since that's where we are? Um, it's... I- Gundam Seed is still a very solid show. I mean, I've ragged on it a bit, you know, in the second half of the second parts of it. I do feel that it does kind of nosedive, and I think Code Geass is, in general, a better show. But I also think that Gundam Seed is definitely worth your time. Like, it's definitely worth watching, especially because, as of right now, it's still available on Crunchyroll. And, you know, Code Geass isn't. I would actually also say that uh, the other reason it took a sour turn for me is around the time I watched Code Geass, um, also Kira became Jesus. There are a lot of problems with some of the ways that Kira's power scale increases so dramatically. I'm, I'm not even concerned with that. It's more that the overall tone of the show shifts from like... Stru- you know, it stops being. It starts being all about everybody's a Saturday morning cartoon villain and not the Shades of Grey that the sh- series was up to that exactly, point. Exactly, yeah. No, it became a lot more like Kira's 
band of rebels are clearly doing the right thing, no ambiguity. It becomes a lot more power fantasy in the last yeah. half. And I do really like that as a metaphor for growing up and figuring out what you're supposed to do and the like chaos of being a teenager and just kind of doing stuff because you have to versus starting to do things because they're what you want or need to do. So I actually really like that turn, but we've talked about it a lot before. It does lower some of the dramatic tension because it's not like Rao's going to win and nihilism the world to death. <laughs> I, know, I actually mostly just wish, wish that Ezreal was a slightly more complex character. Like he had anything. Yeah, he's just a dick. Yeah, he's just a dick, basically. Like they tried to give him that like 30 second backstory shot. I but... mean, I understand that, but I also feel like I know Zach loves to call him a cartoon character, but I feel like you meet people in life I like that. I certainly have. I've certainly had to deal with people that are that sort of one-dimensional on the surface, so... No, I definitely agree that people like that do exist. It's just when you're making a a show like this, especially because all the way up to this point, all the characters have felt much more multidimensional. You've got two people on either side that are supposed to be the big bads, but they feel so similar because their goals are basically the same, which really, really kills it because it's not like, I'm going. I, I'm doing this because I need to actually protect myself. It's I'm doing this because fuck those guys more than anything else. That said, the whole like everyone coming together at the end and like banding together over <laughs> basically just Kira's ideals of like we should be fighting for a reason, and that reason is not annihilation. And Isaac's um, turn in particular on that really, really works. No, um, I, I definitely agree with that. It's just at the highest level, the two like controlling forces are too one-dimensional. I mean, I've stated my love for this series a lot. It's kind one of my favorite anime of all time. It's super, super formative on like my personal morals um, just because of when I saw it. And I obviously love the series. I will not defend it at every turn. Certainly there are some dumb things, but I think it's probably the most recommendable Gundam series. I haven't watched Double O, which I think is the real competitor for that spot, but it's certainly better than Gundam Wing is, even if it's not as good as you remember Gundam Wing better being. <laughs> and while Zeta Gundam's amazing, it's also very problematic. Yeah. I will always recommend G Gundam, but for entirely different reasons. Yeah, I was actually going to ask about Zeta, but... uh Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's really, really good, but boy, is it slow, and boy, is sexism a problem in that series. <laughs> yeah, I actually specifically did recommend to somebody on, uh, on the stream that I'm on sometimes to watch G Gundam and Gundam Seed. That's a weird combination there. Well, because he was like, I've not watched all the Gundams, and I'm like, well, if you watch G- if you watch Gundam Seed and G Gundam, you'll pretty much have covered the bases. Yeah, no, that's fair because G Gundam's like kind of the outlier, but they keep keep doing stuff similar to it now. I think you should throw something Universal Century in there, probably OFMS team because it's short and sweet. I just was recommending somebody like this was at the end of the stream and this got yeah. mentioned. This was also something that I wasn't really paying attention to because during the chats on the stream, I'm not really paying attention to them because a lot of times. Like, for the second half of the stream, I'm actually in it, so I'm not watching it, and a lot of times, the first half of it, I'm doing something else. So yeah, I think we're all pretty positive on Gundam Seed, to one degree or another, even if the other, even if my two co-hosts are a little more reserved in their positivity. I definitely think it's worth the time, especially since you can get it all for free right now. Yeah, no, I would definitely recommend it, and it's not a super long show, so... Well, I mean, 50 episodes, it's not as long as, like... You know, Dragon Ball or One Piece. It's longer than anything else coming out right now, right? It's longer than the season of My Hero. It's longer than the season of most things, because most things are rocking the 13-episode seasons. Yeah, I was going to say, production anime has kind of taken a shift towards, like, 13-episode seasons in the past, like... Yeah, like, 26 episodes is a pretty long season. Yeah, well, that used to be standard. That is now basically two seasons now. Yeah, whereas 50 used to be pretty common, following the Super Sentai model. In a season? Yeah. 
How? One episode a week, my friend. For a year? That's how Gundam Seed ran. How? Okay. That's how Super Sentai has run since 1976. I mean, that explains a lot, but also how? Uh, It's probably a lot easier to do in live action because you don't have to worry about people drawing and animating things. Way back when, when I first started watching anime fairly regularly, I feel like a season was like 20 some odd episodes, and we've kind of halved that, so we halved it once, which implies that Astro Boy, at one point, following this model, was actually 100 episodes a season. (laughs) (laughs) Sure, why not? Two episodes a week. I mean, have you seen the animation? Clearly, they could have gotten away with it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so we are going to watch the Gundam Seed epilogue, uh, and we're going to do our normal treatment on that. It's pretty slow. Uh, after that, we are going to do high points, low points, and... Uh, no, not, not for the epilogue, but for the entire se- yeah, series. Final, th- final thoughts. I can remember the last thing. On the entire series. We kind of just did final thoughts on the entire series. But we'll do high points and low points. Then we're going to rank the provenance, because we haven't yet. Then we're going to answer your questions that you sent to us on our website, lastpodcast.com. Then we're going to watch some fun videos and end it with uh, some thoughts on Destiny. All right. So we're about to watch the epilogue, which has a name, but I don't remember it. So here we go. Oh, After Phase Between the Stars. Thanks, VLC player. You got my back. Yeah, I like After Phase, actually. So we, we open up on some shots of a bunch of space debris. Seagulls around a bunch of uh, wreckage. An old man, Kira, sitting on his porch in his chair. Gellin had some kids to get off his sand. <laughs> get off my beach. I get the feeling that that house that he's sitting at is way too close to the water to be safe. Yeah, it's fine. So Lacus and Kira are now at Reverend Melchio's orphanage. Cooking some soup, slash sitting on the porch. Well, mostly Kira's dealing with his PTSD while Lacus is uh, planning another mafia. And we see on CBN, everyone's favorite news <laughs> channel, that peace talks between the plants and the Earth's Federation are continuing. And they're basically at the point where they're mostly arguing about self-defense force and what they can do. Um, and then we see Kigali and Athrun flying in for a nice orphan dinner. I like how some of these plates, like, zoomed out, literally just have lettuce and tomatoes on them. Well, that's Japanese cuisine at its finest. They don't got no Soma Yukihira working here. <laughs> Kigali says something that's trying to be, like, kind of lifting or whatever. And uh, we Lacus is like, I don't know how to respond to this, so I'm going to go smile at a child. Well, the child also didn't know how to respond to that, so they just shared a look. And as uh, Tyler pointed out where we were watching, Kigali and Ather are sitting right next to each other like a normal couple. Kira has insisted there be a child between him and Lacus. <laughs> I need a girlfriend buffer. It goes bad for me otherwise. So Isaac has apparently been promoted and removed his scar. He's now got a white uniform. Yeah, I forgot about the scar. That's a good point, because he said he would take it off after he killed Kira, um, and then he reconciled. So, that's actually a good detail. Because all the children go out and play, and apparently Kigali and Lacus drew the short straw and have to clean up. Looks like some of the kids are helping, some of the older kids. Kira has gone out to brood rock, to brood <laughs> by the waves, and Ather knows right where he'll find him. Yep. Or he also just needed to brood and instinctively knew where the base place was, because he took that class skill. But Kira's out watching the space debris be pretty while it burns up in the atmosphere. Atherin walks up to Kira and just, like, looks at him. Kira's like, the fuck am I doing here, man? Like, what are any of us doing here? The way this is, like, kind of set up there, still really really going through on the side of uh, trying to make these guys shippable or put them as a couple. Because there's a couple of, like, looks Atherin gives Kira as they're coming in. Yeah, I mean, we make a lot of fun about that, but really, like, I feel like Atherin's just very concerned about his friend. Yeah, I was going like, to say, I love that joke, but uh, in a good friendship moment here, I do think it is more Atherin just, like, coming out, and Kira's like, 
actually opening up to him and being like, I don't even know, man. I Why am I still alive? I tried real hard to die fighting Rao. <laughs> it's just one of those things that I think we mentioned it before. It's real hard to show a really cro- close friendship between two guys without having people go to the, e- the low-hanging fruit, I guess. Yeah, it is. Because guys never open up to each other. Kingdom Hearts, which I'm getting super into, the fandom has that problem with Riku and Sora, who have a very brotherly relationship, but they're vulnerable and stuff, so they must be gay, right? I mean, I feel like that one makes perfect sense. They grew up together. They've shared a lot of the same weird experiences. Yeah, except for Sora and Kyrie are so together. Like, they're yeah. like Disney level of one true pairing. No, anyway. I, no I meant... Uh, oh, not, Kira not, and Atherin? <laughs> no, I meant uh, Sora and Riku uh, not being in a relationship. Oh, okay. Like, th- them being, like, just basically brothers makes a lot of sense to me, so... Uh, anyway, back to Gundam Seed before yep. Zach rebels and takes this podcast <laughs> away from I'm us. I'm going to go do my own Gundam Seed I like how Reverend Malkyo is just sitting in front of the TV while well, Kigali is literally chasing the children around the house. Well, he's blind, so... So he's watching the news. <laughs> so he's listening to the news. <laughs> I li- like I like to believe that she's basically like being a gremlin. <laughs> yeah, she's definitely like tackling them and stuff. Oh, man. Well, we got to make him do chores. I just, I love Kigali so much. She's fantastic. It's a shame she never really gets to I do know. anything. They even gave her a mobile suit, and she didn't get to do anything with it. Uh, meanwhile, back at Brid Rock, Athern's like, I don't know, man. I literally tried to kill myself. I had a new credit and everything. <laughs> Your sister and my girlfriend made it so that I wouldn't do it. And he's basically like, man, we got to do something to keep humanity together, I guess. <laughs> And Lacus like, I'm a thing. Orphans love that, right? They cut to Lacus, and she's got this kid on her lap who looks super awkward. <laughs> yeah, he looks very singing. uncomfortable. I think he has just realized puberty is hit him. That's the look <laughs> he has right now, as this uh, pop idol has pulled him into her, her lap. Meanwhile, we now do some sad cuts. First is Maru, who still kept Moo's hat and is just on a sofa imagining Moo across from her. As I say, is there any way we could back it up a couple frames? Because I want to point out her sweet coffee pot she clearly got from Walfelt. Look at that. What is that? <laughs> Interesting. Anyway, it's like an alumbic. We get a shot of Sai who's like working on a computer and he's got this corkboard behind him which have shots of everybody including a bunch of pictures of Flay. No, to be fair, he's got a bunch of pictures of everyone else too. Yeah, and a lot but of the, the ones uh, with Flay also have other people, but he's, he's got He's only got two only two, two of those pictures have Kira in them and they're group shots. <laughs> and he's got two pictures of just Flay and that's the only like person he's just got he's also got one of pictures of just him and cuzzy cuzzy's his best well he's also got one of him and tall i was his best living friend (laughs) yes but like he never stole his girlfriend honestly it kind of it kind of seems like sai has moved is mostly moved on from like the rest of it and it's just their memories now yeah it looks like he went out and got a job actually it it looks like he's the one that ended up best adjusted or maybe he just went back to school yeah hey i can transfer back here right semester's starting and so we didn't get a chance to comment on it but uh maru having the two officers hats in her study now yeah it's very sad she should have bought another one for Natarl. <laughs> there was an animation budget to show anyone like, but Moo. I get the feeling that the uh, the second hat actually was Moo's hat. Like, yeah. Like no, one, one is Moo's, definitely. No, I'm, I'm I, saying that it was, Maru literally kept Moo's hat. She didn't keep Natarl's hat because she didn't have it. Yeah, I know. But, and she has her hat, obviously. But she should have bought one. It'd be nice. <laughs> you know, buy some military apparel from a foreign nation that you probably wanted by. It's fine. Walt felt working with uh, Rambo and... Erica Simmons. Erica Simmons. Millie Arlia just having a bad night, staring at a picture of her and Tal. I yeah. definitely do agree with you. Like, this does seem a lot like she was 
sleeping because she's wearing her pajamas and the lights are dim. It's dark outside. And she must have had like a nightmare or something. That's the sh- that's kind of the implication I got or there. Maybe like, she, she was... just couldn't sleep. I stay up all night thinking yeah. about stuff yeah, like, like that. So same. She's had, like you said, bad night. Either she woke up in the middle of an due to a nightmare, or she just couldn't sleep and she's just sitting there remembering, you know, tall staring at his picture. Yeah, it's really sad. I love Millie so much, and I'm sad things don't work out for her. But hey, war sucks. So then we get some nice uh, trash mobile suit shots, like this is a credit sequence or something. Wait, was that on the moon yeah. where all the debris was? Okay. Where, where the they Earth sh- space got yeah. shot. Yeah, where they moon lasered it. I was like, oh man, Slackus, you're amazing. You were actually on the battlefield and stuff. Not me. I don't do anything. Yes, <laughs> you were. You forget? You, you know, literally were fighting people, Kigali. You all killed I did was someone. stop Bathroom from blowing himself up. <laughs> Kigali, you killed a man. <laughs> you should lay low for a while. <laughs> <laughs> I've been meaning to talk to you about that. <laughs> And she's like, yeah, well, Kira was crying, and I was like, yep, better mom up and stop these assholes from making my boyfriend cry. And we cut back to Brood Rock while Lacus is monologuing at Kigali, and Atherin's like, come on, bro, let's go get you, like... Let's go get you either drunk or late or just put you to bed, something. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's get you off of Brood Rock. <laughs> Doing the right friend thing. Well, the kids are like, oh, hey, look, sh- a bunch of shooting stars, which are probably space debris from war. And maybe partially human corpses. And on that morbid note, <laughs> Gundam Seed Thanks, is fully Tyler. over. I mean, you got to think about that. Anytime there's space debris in a human accident, some of those shooting stars might be human corpses. So, uh, <laughs> the epilogue's kind of weird. I don't really think it does much. If you throw it on the end of the last episode, uh, like the YouTube version did, it kind of ruins some of that ending moment because while the ending isn't perfect per se, I do really like that it ends with Kira kind of lost in space and just confused. And I really like the lead up of Kira might be dead. He might not coming up to it. I mean, I like the idea here. My main, the main problem I have with it is it's kind of rolling along and like, I know what comes next. Like, obviously there's a sequel series where we're going to, we're getting ready to do it. Hey, spoilers. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, I think it's actually hurt by being as short as it is. I, in my opinion, it would do better as a full-length episode for a denouement. Yeah, but, like, what else are you getting? It I, feels like it kind of stretches even as it is, so... I don't know what else you would include, but I I just feel like it would work. You'd have more stuff in there to kind of show what more of what's going on. I mean... You're I, not just specifically focusing in on this one little chunk, because as, you, as Tyler said, you know, we got Millie, who, like, nothing seems to have worked out, and there's a lot of implications for stuff that comes up later in Destiny that never really gets covered. I was gonna say, I don't know that this ad, like, this is all basically the logical conclusion of what happened. Like, I really like the one shot with Millie. Um, I actually really like the shot with Maru, but obviously that's what she would be doing. Like, I kind of forgot about Millie, which is why I like that shot so much. Obviously, Maru is gonna be, like, sitting there being kind of wistful. She actually didn't seem too sad about it. Just kind of like, well, crap, it happened again. Um, but, like, this entire thing is, like, the obvious logical ramification of what happened. So, like, I, it feels like it was completely unnecessary. Well, it felt a little bit like with Maru. It felt kind of like, yes, it happened again. But it's also a situation where he went down doing exactly what he said he was going to do. So, like, that's not really a surprise. That's the kind of, you know, person and hero Mu was. So, it's like, yes, he's gone. But he may have gotten into some cool uncle fights in his time. But he went out a hero. Yeah, pretty much. I don't know. It's it's okay. I like some of the shots. 
Actually, the whole Kira Athrun moment on the beach is pretty good. I don't know that it adds a whole lot. Like, I really liked the ambiguity that the series actually ended with. Yeah, I like it a lot more as an ending, like I was saying earlier. Um, This, like we were saying, just doesn't add that much. Yeah, I just feel like, like I said, I feel if you're going to do something like this, you need to make it into that full episode for uh, the denouement to actually go into it. Because the seed has a lot of characters, and they glossed over 90% of them. All right, so if that's all we have to say about the epilogue, shall we put the Providence on our mobile suit list? Yeah, sure. We have a list of all the mobile suits in Gundam Seed from our favorite to least favorite, as well as a few mechs from some other series now on our website, www.lastpodcast.com. It's Rao's final mech, and like I said, I never really liked the design, but it really clicked with me on this viewing. Yeah, it took me a couple I'm... episodes of seeing it to get used to it, and like I kind of lo- grew to love the stupid ring thing. I am not a fan of the Providence. So we've kind of got all of Rao's suits pretty low. I think the highest rank one is the Gwazi, and I think it's better than that. I thought it was going to be the high mobility gin up there. Oh, yeah, um, we do, I guess, have the high mobility gin. I forgot Rao is in that. <laughs> high mobility gin is a weird outlier. It's very high. I just really like the gin, and also the high mobility gin is basically that, but better. Honestly, I think I prefer the Gwazi. Definitely prefer the Providence, so I guess it's up to Tyler. I really like the Gwazi, but honestly, it funnels, man. You got me every time. Uh, I think I'm going to have to agree with Jeremy on this one on the Providence, although probably I'm not a whole lot. I think I'm a lot less fond of funnels than you guys are. I don't like the ability to control like 50 of these things at the same time. Like, I don't know. I just love the concept. Uh, so I'm going to scroll up a bit. How do we think it compares to the Forbidden Gundam, a.k.a. less good death scythe? <laughs> I like the Forbidden's gimmick a lot. I mean, Shield it is ba- crab is kind of cool. I definitely prefer this now to any of the druggies mobile suits, so I'll say better. But. I mean, definitely better than the Raider, for sure. Well, we're already above the Raider. Yeah. <laughs> the Raider is so stupid. I think I prefer less good Death Scythe. So it's up to you again, Tyler. Yeah, and I think I am once more going to bump the Providence up. Because I agree, all the druggies suits are just kind of awful at the end of the day. I, Shield Crab is pretty good, though. I, I like, like its thing. I also like the Calamity. So that's where we're going to go next. The Calamity is actually at number 10, so quite a bit higher. Oh, I, I I prefer the Calamity to the Providence. Artillery. Yeah, and I actually, like, the Calamity might be my favorite of the druggy suits, despite According- me just waxing eloquent about the Shield Crab. I mean, it's definitely our, our favorite as a list, so. So where do you think, Tyler, above or below for the Calamity? I think I'm going to have to give it to the Calamity, because in addition to the giant artillery, it's also got that teal and gold color scheme, and I'm very into that. Okay, so the next Gundam we have is the Strike Rouge. Ooh, it's the Strike uh, the Pink. I like, I like the Strike, but it's the Pink Strike. Like that, that is literally all it is. Yeah, Pink Strike. To be fair, I do like Pink Strike. I would have to give it to the Providence. Yeah, I think I agree. I'd like to give it to the province. No, I was going to as well. because Yeah, I knew that's where you're going with it. Pink Strike is just Pink Strike. So right above Pink Strike, we have Pink Strike Light, a.k.a. the M1 Astray. And uh, while I do like the Astray as a grunt, I think, while I would have said it differently before this viewing, I think I like the Providence more now. I really like the Astrays. I like the color scheme. I like the design. Yeah, they're kind of got the sleek design. I'd probably put the Astray up. Yeah, this is a hard one for me. Man, I wish we got to see the Estrays do more. I think I'm going to actually have to side with Zach on this one. I think I actually prefer the Estray. So the Providence Gundam goes at lucky number 13 above the Strike <laughs> Rouge and below the M1 Estray. I now want to find some way to connect Rao with the number 13. He was... The 13th child. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
The thirteenth clone. I the- had a good eighth child joke about yeah. how she was the eighth child, uh, and she's going to pilot Evangelion Unit Angelomon, but <laughs> I couldn't quite make it into that podcast. So, <laughs> all right, so let's go ahead and answer some of your questions. Hopefully, you sent some to us. Dear, it's a Gundam. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you hate Birdie so much? He's the best robot sidekick we've ever seen. I think the question would more be, why do you hate Haro so much? No, everyone hates Haro's. It's canon. Actually, I generally like Haro's. I hate Haro's in this show. They're more annoying than average. All right. So now we are in the Q&A portion of the wrap-up podcast, and we are joined by Kevin from What's a Gundam. Hi. For this section only. So can you answer that most interesting of questions, What's a Gundam? No, that'll ruin the bit we have planned from now on. Yes. (laughs) Okay. I was like, I can pull from my, I have some notes. Uh, it's what Relina Peacecraft calls her fun times. <laughs> Where a boy uh, threatens to kill her, and she's like, yeah, do it more. <laughs> oh, hero, Gundam me. <laughs> Listen, I've been listening to a really weird audiobook that has a lot of that happening to the characters. What, Gundamine? No, uh, <laughs> people getting weird perversions, like a succubus who gets super into being eaten. It's a vor thing. Moving yeah. on. <laughs> So, you know, it's not a Vore thing. The questions, thankfully, all of them. I don't think there's one Vore thing. Well, Maybe there's a, Jeremy, would you be into Lacus Klein if she's eating, was trying to eat you question? I don't know. And I'm not prepared to answer that question, so we'll just have to see if it comes up. <laughs> and what, it'll depend on the moment. So, the first question we have is from Chris B. on our Discord. He says, hope you guys can cover 0083 and Wing at some point, but will you make a ranking for the episodes based on how many Rusties it's worth? No, that sounds like way too much worth. I will work. say I love that idea, though. It's an interesting idea, and uh, you and Kevin are basically covering Wing for us on a uh, just in case Tyler screwed up and didn't get the episode out. So, so that answers that one. My question is, though, what like how on a scale from how many rusty like zero to ten rusties? What a, what constitutes a rusty? I would say out of five rusties, right? Because he's one of five potential okay, Gundam pilots. That's fair. That's fair. I feel uh, like really the ranking should be Rusty is a one, a Nickel is a two, uh, Izak is a three, a Diarca is a four, and an Atherin is a five. Okay. No, so no, I'm just wondering what like the rating scale of Rusties is. Is like how expendable the episode is because that's a lot of Rusties. Is um, it like a Rusty venture? Yeah. Um. So I'd be willing to go through and do a quick ranking because I feel like that would only take me an hour. But I think Chris, you would have to tell me what a Rusty is worth. As for Wing, like Zach said, we have What's a Gundam now. This question, I don't want to say inspired What's a Gundam. What's a Gundam is an idea I already had, but it is what made me pull the trigger. And as for 0083, What's a Gundam will eventually get there. I like 0083 fairly well, but I don't know that it's really in our wheelhouse. It's definitely way down the line if we're ever going to get to it, either on What's a Gundam or on It's a Gundam proper. Next, we have a couple questions from Stug Life, who I think asked the most of anyone. First, he has, so since Seed was, even more than the other AU series, made as a deliberate retelling of 0079, I have two questions. For those of you who have seen 0079, how do you think Seed holds up to it? Do you prefer the classic or the 2000s twist? So, we talked a little bit about our universal century consumption on our Shars counterattack bonus episode, (laughs) but then that's Patreon only. Let's, what experience do we all have with the universal century? Let's start there. I am mostly familiar with the original Gundam and mostly through Journey to Jaburo. Vaguely familiar. Most of my familiarization comes from appearances in uh, the Super Robot Wars games and Char's Counter-Attack the movie. Like, I know some other things that happen in the er 
in the UC, but like not. Also time. talking to you guys, I'm vaguely like I know who some of the major players are, but I don't know a whole lot yeah, more than that. Pretty much, I picked it up. I I know I know some Jiro's. Yeah, I've seen the original Gundam, but I'm also mostly familiar with it through Journey to Jaburo because I played that a ton. I've seen all of Zeta, and I'm more familiar with that. Seen Char's counterattack. Seen Unicorn. Seen a couple odds and ends here. The OFMS team, obviously. Zach, you've also seen that. Yeah, I know. I've, I've seen that. War in the Pocket, 0083, which we were just talking about. As for which I prefer, Gundam Seed's my favorite Gundam series. And there's a reason we started with it and not the original. I way prefer that. I think the update is good. The animation, obviously, is much smoother. But Kira Yamato is just the kind of shitty teen I can get behind a lot more than Amuro because, like, Kira's, like, weird awkwardness and his, like, really his flaws. I've said it before. Kira Yamato is the fictional character that I kind of empathize with most. And Amuro and Kira are very similar, but they're different enough that I don't get that. And I think the Ather and Kira relationship adds a tremendous amount to the series, which 0079 doesn't have. Now, Shar is a much, much better character than Ravel Crusade. So that's kind of the trade-off. But I definitely prefer Gundam Seed. I prefer the original Gundam as a ride. I think as a like creative work, I think Gundam Seed is better. And also, I agree, I identify a lot more with Kira than I do with Amuro. For those of you who haven't seen 0079, did you feel like there was something you weren't getting, or did Seed seem 100% self-contained? Seed seemed mostly self-contained. I think most of the stuff I was missing is actually like in the Astray side stories. It, it seemed like a pretty self-contained unit to me, though. I always fa- found Seed to be fairly self-contained. The only thing that's uh, not really ever explained are the new type situations, because like, Seed nods to that, but never actually acknowledges it. So it's there, but not really explained as to what's going on with Moo and Rao. And Destiny's worse about that than seed proper is because you really don't need to know anything about that to understand what's going on in seed just Mu and rao have this strange connection yeah so i'd say yeah it seemed pretty self-contained to me oh also you've fallen into the cockpit do you join zaft or earth alliance you gotta pick one no cheating in saying klein faction or orb zaft 100 percent. they got superior tech they're basically fighting a defensive war at first they're genetically modified and i'm down with that i'm Zaft, 100%. See, that's a tricky one for me. Also, they live in space. Given that I keep all my stuff on Earth. But honestly, I'd probably have to go with Zaft as well, because the mobile suits are a hell of a lot more, you know... Existent? Existent. (laughs) And uh, also at the same time, it's one of those weird questions, because like it would also kind of depend on where I am at the time. Yeah, I don't want to poo-poo the question, but I'm not a coordinator, so Earth Forces by default... Yeah, I mean, that's also the, the other side is like, if it's me, it's Earth it's Earth Alliance by default, because I'm not a coordinator. There is, I mean, you could be in Zaft and not pilot a mobile suit. Zaft is entirely coordinators. That's never explicitly stated. Those, actually, they, they do state I, that. I disbelieve you, it doesn't matter. that I could work comms or something. It doesn't matter. <laughs> they live in space. So next we have another question from Chris B., in all seriousness, I'd love to hear the crew's opinion of Kira. Uh, I, I'm not sure. At Al's romanticized yeah, pacifism versus Shin Oscar's okay. more Charles Bronson death wish approach. I don't know who at Al is, as I guess. And he did not capitalize. That's not a person. It's not a person. It's an alliteration. It means like, and everyone else's. Okay, gotcha. Okay, no, I've never seen that before. Okay, versus Shin Oscar's more Aren't Charles Bronson death wish approach. Yeah. I'm an engineering guy. How do I understand that? And you I just never seen it. It's like epitome. One day you find out it's the word epitome, and you're like, oh, God. <laughs> well, that, I thought that was me, not you. 
I mean, I think that happens to everyone. Is the oh, thing. Okay. Listen, I think that's the epitome of hyperbole, okay? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I always thought it was. Oh, I'm trying to Is that related to the fission control it. rods? Um, it, it, it stands for et alia, apparently, which is Latin. Latin? And others. Yeah, I'm an English major, not a, not a I'm, Latin I'm, major. I'm adoption. Keep yes. this in, but I am going to take the question from the top. Yeah. In all seriousness, I'd love to hear the crew's opinion of Kira et al.'s romanticized pacifism versus Shin Asuka's more Charles Bronson Death Witch approach and post-9-11 Japan pro-militarism of Muv-Love and Gate mentality. That's a bit of a mess question, but I get what you're getting at, Chris. Part of this, I don't want to super answer until we've watched all of Destiny. Yeah, this is one of those questions that I'd like to punt for Destiny, because, like, Tyler doesn't know anything about Destiny or Shin Asuka, really, at this point. We haven't gotten to see Shin do a whole lot of angering yet. I do tend to side with uh, Shin's general approach, though, because I think it's much more realistic. As for the post-9-11 Japan pro-militarism thing, we talk a lot about like what I feel Japan is reacting to America trying to embroider it in its conflicts, but we're not experts on that. And I haven't really seen Gate, which I think is the big like touchstone here, because it's like almost military propaganda, right? I, the opening of it really does seem like a like a self-defense force recruiting commercial. I haven't actually seen Gate all the way through. There are a couple of scenes that I found really funny in Gate. That's mostly because, like, there's a chopper shooting a missile at a ballista on a wall, and the call is enemy AA spotted, so they fire a missile at it. That's hilarious. What I will say is I think Gundam Seed and Destiny as well is a rejection or a warning against that. It's attempting to say, hey, let's not go down this route. Yeah, too, yeah and I think that's the moral that you get away is war sucks. Maybe don't. And we're, I've actually never seen Muvlove, Love, so I can't speak to that. Whereas, one. like, Double O, a couple years later, seems much more willing to say, hey, force is necessary sometimes. Next, we got a question, couple questions from Marcus on the Discord. Congratulations, everyone, on reaching the end of Seed, slash the beginning of Destiny. Nice one. A question for your Q&A podcast would just be about language. One, do you watch with subtitles or dubbed? I watch a mix of both, but mostly sub. I watch both? And it depends on what I'm doing. If I'm watching them as they come out or on Crunchyroll, it's subtitled, because that's where they are. If I own them, which I own quite a bit, I'm, I've been debating actually, like, stacking all my bins up and taking a picture to show, like, this is the collection I actually have. Then it's dubbed, because usually I'm watching anime while I'm doing something else. So I like being able to listen and follow along while I'm doing, usually playing another video game. Yeah, I've actually been watching One Piece dubbed for that reason, um, because usually I will have it on in the background while I'm doing something else. What about you, Kevin? I am a sub guy for the most part. I like listening to the original audio and have just liked it with the subs, as well as sometimes they can put in those little author's notes to really help like, get the meaning across. Yeah, get better. the meaning across yeah. a little bit better than you can in a dub. Like, there's a lot of times where you have to, like, tweak kind of what's going on in the dub. It's a very rare thing, but that's kind of what put me onto subs. And at this point, it's now weird to watch anime dubbed, <laughs> essentially. I, I actually just recently watched uh, My Hero Academia uh, Two Heroes, um, and I didn't realize it was the dubbed version. And part of me wanted to not keep watching it, but I was like, it it's still good. It just, to me, it now sounds weird because, like, a lot of these ones that I started watching subbed, I can't swap because they d now don't sound like the voices the right, aren't correct. The voices aren't correct. I don't have that particular problem, although it is funny in some of those. Like, I have a series called Needless that actually has a section on the menu that is basically explaining the jokes <laughs> because funny. it is a, basically a comedy series, and there's a lot of like 
Japanese puns and puns and jokes and stuff like that. Modern day dubs are actually a lot better than they have been. There, I've only encountered one genuinely awful dub of something, and that was uh, the Soul Eater dub was just terrible. Maybe that's why I didn't like Soul Eater. The Soul Eater (laughs) subtitle that's fine. The dub is just awful. I will say, uh, related to Kevin. Uh, watching the My Hero movie, uh, when we went to go see Char's Counterattack, neither Zach or I realized it was subtitled. I'm like, oh, oh, okay. It, it, like, it took me a moment to like. Yeah, shift we into we that. all just kind of. I, I I mean, I had the same re- the the reaction of, oh, it's subtitled. All right. I do say I also tend to prefer subs, but mostly because like if I'm watching an anime, it helps me engage. Like I get distracted really easily, so yeah. having something to read helps me engage with it a bit more. I was yeah. gonna say yeah, subtitles are my preference for me in large part just because they're easier to access right now. But also I do like that I have to focus on it more yeah, without exactly. spending money. Yeah, um, specifically about Gundam C. I mean, I spend ten dollars a month on Crunchyroll. Well, yeah, but you don't spend fifty dollars <laughs> yeah. for an anime series. Uh, specifically with Gundam Seed, it's both. Uh, we watched it mostly subtitled while we're recording the podcast we have it running in the background subtitled and i watched pretty much all of it subtitled actually for gundam seed i watched it subbed and dubbed so i could compare the two i I think the gundam seed destiny dub is just fine um do you speak slash study japanese at all no i took a semester of japanese in college and i was able to speak rudimentary japanese passably i'm very rusty now from lack of use but i could probably still get by with a dictionary nani (laughs) <laughs> I thought about it at one point, like taking a class on it, and uh, I actually like briefly debated taking somebody up on an offer when I went to a job fair to go to Japan to be a na- basically be a native English speaker for people to talk to in school. Huh. But then I remembered I struggled to learn French, and that's at least in Anglican like Thai or Latinate language. Um, Japanese is. Arguably, I don't know. It feels more structured to me than a lot I of. I think because it's so different French too. Is using the same letters, uh, yeah, that doesn't matter a whole lot to me. They don't pronounce them the same anyway. I don't yeah. have a real good <laughs> head for learning languages. That's fair. So, like, I thought about it. No, I don't speak Japanese. No, I don't study Japanese. Although, I, I kind of want to try at some point. But then I'm like. Yeah, but when am I going to fit that in between trying to build Warhammer miniatures and playing video games and yeah, watching anime? Just schedule anime an hour for it a week. It, it, that's really all I you need to do. I don't schedule anything, Well, that's Tyler. my point. You just need to schedule it. Yeah, like, and for me, Kevin. I don't, but I'm kind of in the same boat as Zach as I would like to. Um, <laughs> I actually picked up a couple of uh, kind of learned Japanese workbooks. The issue I kind of face right now is, so who do I practice it? with so that is really kind of the the thing that i struggle with like i learn by doing so i kind of need somebody to bounce the language off of in order to pick it up and preferably someone who actually knows how to speak it yeah like a a class would be great where even if i'm practicing with other people having somebody fluent being like no you got this thing wrong yeah, like, even if you're just doing that, like, thing where you pair with a buddy and then the yep. teacher walks around and, like, listens for a bit. Yep, yeah. yeah. A language class would probably really help me out a lot if I wanted to learn Japanese. The problem is the time. I just don't have that much free time, and it's just one of those things that's kind of on the back burner. Doesn't it always come back down to time when you actually become an adult? Yes. Well, yeah. even before I became yeah, an adult. Yeah, even, yeah. I, I squandered so much of my youth when I had so much energy. I could have done so many other things. Related question he has later is, has watching Hours of Gundam inspired you to study Japanese slash study Japanese harder? No. Um, no, not really. Like, honestly, it, w- if it, and if it was, it wouldn't just be Gundam. It would probably just be anime in general. 
Yeah, if anything, the reason I actually wanted to pick it up in the first place is that there are a bunch of random video games that no one ever did an English translation of, and that is why I wanted to learn Japanese, is so that I could go read them. And I got through a couple of them back when I, like, remembered it better, um, and that would probably be my motivation to ever pick it back up again. How do you think the sub slash dubs are in Seed overall? Subs are fine. I really wish the new dub was out before we were answering this question, because I'm very curious about it. Uh, I honestly thought they both sides of it were fine. Um, yeah, it's think, a good dub. Yeah, I think the dub that we had was pretty good, actually. I like most of the actors. It's kind of right on the cusp of when they were getting good, so there are some things. And the fact that it didn't do well created some problems. Like, they translate Lacus's first song and not her others, because... The I mean, it didn't make sense because it didn't get the success it if should I'm have. If I'm entirely honest, I actually don't like it when they translate songs. I don't like the inconsistency. I would be fine either way. They always sound better in Japanese because, because they're, they're made for that language. Meant for that language. Yeah. And if you do a direct translation, then it sounds awkward. If you don't do a direct translation, then it's changing the beat on a lot of them. Yeah, so specifically the uh, Radwimps who did the Your Name soundtrack have translated their own songs. So they actually like basically wrote English versions of their songs. So because it's the actual artist rather than just somebody translating it, it's literally them like, all right, we're going to write an English version of this song. It actually comes out working pretty well. I still prefer the original Japanese because that was what they wrote the song in there initially. But there has at least been some occasions of them translating the songs, and it's like, well, it's the artist doing it, so they actually, like, managed to tweak stuff around to still fit what they wanted with their music. I even found a couple examples where it wasn't the original artist. I was actually going to use your name, uh, but I didn't know they translated their own. Yeah. But I found a couple where just, like, the translators just did a really good job, um, because they basically got, like, the approximate meaning of the verses as opposed to the literal translation. Yep. But that doesn't happen super frequently. Overall, <laughs> no. though, the dub's really good. Yeah, no, I'm the, really yeah. curious about the new dub. Yeah, dub of Gundam Seed is pretty solid. I actually think there are some lines that are delivered better in the English version. Um, um, Slack even points out specifically, let's kick ass. Is an English line, which is pretty I also, good. I also really like the line of uh, some some morons trying to crash into the, uh, the <laughs> hangar. Yeah. What do you think you might miss overall watching an English only, if anything at all? How great a ship named Kirakasu is? That's it. <laughs> because of the LR confusion, it rolls right together. Oh, in okay. Japanese yeah. for I. Well, you said ship name, and so yeah. I was immediately oh, trying the, to think the of Kirakasu. which ship. Um, I saw no. I saw his mind doing that. <laughs> no, I I don't think you actually miss anything. Gonna be fine. Specifically with Gundam Seed, I'm not sure this holds true in all dubs, but the Gundam Seed dub is very solid. It doesn't hold true in all dubs, but in the Seed one, it definitely is fine. All the best for Destiny, guys. P.S. I've started watching Full Metal Panic as my <sighs> palate cleanser. Any thoughts on FMP? I like when they put it in Super Robot Wars. I really like Full Metal Panic. It's on my list. I've only heard good things about it. Full Metal Panic is a series that's like half comedy, half action, because they've got the comedy slice of life high school anime going on, and then they go out and do mecha things. I think it's a lot of fun. I still need to watch Invisible Victory. So if I can ask a question, how much is Sosuke like a... That's his name, right? Uh, Sosuke Sagro, the yeah. sergeant? Yeah. How much is he a parody of slash reaction to Hero Yui, and how much is that of that is just my thoughts? on it coming from full metal panic at a very sideways glance oh you know what that's a good point i never thought about it like that but yeah he actually pretty well is like he's got a little bit more of like the serious thing where it's like he's a child soldier i don't think he he's under- the same character and he like all he understands is combat because that's what he's done all his life so he has a lot of these full tilt things where he gets into trouble in school because of them 
Although there are a couple of ideas that wouldn't go over so well today, like he gets in trouble for carrying a loaded gun on school property. <laughs> to be fair, probably about the same situation in Japan as it was then. But yeah, in America, pretty different context. Tangentially related, uh, Alex watched Die Hard for the first time ever last weekend. What did she a- think? Oh, she loved it. Oh, it's, it's good. It's great. I I mean, it's we didn't watch it this Christmas, but it was continually on in the background. And the number of times I just got to see the I spread about them in Time magazine bit, which is... <laughs> which is a good bit. There are I, so many good bits. I or really the, like... Oh, when... no bullets. You think I'm stupid, Hans? <laughs> I have a machine... Actually, I really like it when Hans reads the shirt and he's like, yeah. I have Now a I have a machine gun. gun. Ho, ho, ho. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's very really good. good. It's the, uh, one of my favorite lines from that is, Welcome to the party, pal! <laughs> the the uh, board game that Alex's bosses got her for Christmas, they got that line wrong. They put the ho-ho-ho first. Ah. Bastards. Oh, no, more, more of the story, it's a trashy action flick starring Bruce Willis that's way up her alley, and it's one of the best ones. I was so. going to say, I don't even think it's trashy, actually. Uh. It's kind of trashy action. The, the problem is there are so many clever foreshadowing things. Yeah. It's time for Miracles, Theo, so be of good cheer. <laughs> so, Mechanical Horses, I just got to listen to the last episode at work last night, and it was a fun ride. I have a hard time thinking of questions I'd asked since I've been in the trenches talking about this show since it aired. Though some sort of chunk discussing the events and suits of Astray would be nice to hear, because Astray is a huge part of Seed, and it's no surprise the manga is still going to this day. I didn't know that seriously? it's still going, yeah. In many spinoff forms, yes. It's not like continually published, but they'll be like, it's time for Seed Destiny Astray XBW. Oh, so it's kind of like the uh, the Universal Century spinoff, like, short series that yeah. they do? Yeah. I've read Astray, but I've only read Base Astray, and I'm the one only one who's read it. I actually think that's a great opportunity for Jumpstart Weekly to have some crossover potential. We could cover it there and have you guys on. I think that would be fun. Possible. I like the gold frame and the red frame astray from the SD Gundam Crossrays. Uh, the red frame's a super good design. Um, the samurai sword and everything. The blue. There are a couple blue frame variants that are good, too. I like the X astray pretty well. There are some good suits in there. I think it's weak when it tries to cross over with Seed, and it's better when it's doing its own thing. But there are also frequently times where like they do not care about the Seed universe. My favorite being in the first volume, there's a footnote that's like, coordinators have ESP. And I want to put a footnote in my version that says, no, they do not. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is a new type thing. Uh, next, we have a question from Alex, Tyler's wife, who says, if two pregnant women get in a fight, are the babies just having a Gundam battle? No, now, they're not Gundams. Yeah, exactly. Um, I know <laughs> I know your wife doesn't watch a lot of mecha anime, so I forgive her for this. It's an Evangelion battle. <laughs> exactly. Yes, thank you. They're biomechs, which means they're Evas. Uh, what were they called in uh, Cthulhu Tech? It wasn't Angel, was it? No, it, like Angel was because that was like that was a super cool concept from that series that they lifted from Ava, but I can't remember what it was called now. I think they might have been the Engels, like E N G L E S. There's real robot N E G Mecha. There are Engels, which are the Eva Engels. robots. Yep. That's okay, right. that's what it was. I, um, I couldn't remember what they were called. There are also the Nazadi Mecha. Yep, Nazadi. Yeah. Oh, uh, there's also Migao Biomecha, which are referred to by, as bugs. Yeah, because you're fight. It is Cthulhu tech. You're fighting the Migo from the Cthulhu Mythos. There are also Deep One powered armor. Yes. yes. Okay, Cthul- that's all I needed. Yeah, they're Cthulhu worshippers. The Cthulhu tech like setting is freaking awesome. It sounds great. The Cthulhu tech rule set is freaking awful. Listen, Zach, I had this idea when I was working on alternate mech designs for. Mechton Zeta, where I was like, hey, remember how we're always talking about how Cthulhu Tech has a really cool setting, but the rules suck? What if these if? rules don't suck, 
and I can make all of those mecha here. Yep. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, I was going to say just transpose it to another system, I think is... Really I did that. I did Savage? that with Savage Worlds. Yep. I yep. have... I, still I was actually going to suggest Savage done. Worlds, so... Yep. I have all the work done. Actually, I didn't do any of the work. Uh, someone else did. I compiled the work. Now that we have Mechton Zeta, where literally the goal is that... Or the idea is that you, you can, can build, build whatever you You can build want. whatever you want. We can just build all of those mecha and just run in the setting. So Bag of Magic Food asked Chris how much he thinks 0083 had an influence over the plot of Gundam Seed, but I think we can tackle that question, or at least I can. Although I pretty much agree with Chris, which is to say 0083, I think, has a bigger influence on Destiny. 0083, a bit of it leaks into Seed, but most of it is stuff that's been in Gundam all along that just happens to be in both, like all sorts of Death Star super weapons. So Sampton128 asks, I have two standard questions for you guys, and one that's more hypothetical. First... Which character do you feel has the best arc in the series? And why is it the Arca? <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I like the Arca's arc, but it's really it's a supporting arc, right? Yeah, because I mean, it's, it's it's a very good arc, but it's an, it's not front and center, and it is happening in the background for most of the series. It's one of the things that makes Gundam Seed a better series than a lot of other Gundam series, and honestly, just a lot of series, because it makes this a theme and not just one character's arc, because the Arca is going through basically the same transformation Atherin and Kira are, but in the back. Well, and even Izak is going through a form of the same arc. It's not the same one, but it is a different form of it. I I'm glad like, you brought up Izak, because I think he's my candidate for best arc. I was actually going to say I think I like Izak's better than Diarca's. I think Nataral actually has my favorite arc. In the I, show. It's a good pick, too. I think mine's Nataral. I'm torn between either Nataral or Flay, because like I really do like Flay's arc. I don't like her as a person. But I like her arc and I like her character a lot. Yeah, my problem is that her arc just kind of like it. Her arc kind doesn't of doesn't feel quite finished. I yeah. guess it's more I like the potential that Flay's arc should have ha or has, but wasn't realized. So yeah, it got like got halfway there, and I liked where it was going, but it never really came to fruition. Honestly, they gone with the original plan for her with the uh, giving her the strike rouge and doing that. That might have actually made her arc go, you know, to fruition instead of just kind of like ending and then yeah dropping down. And my pick for Izak is I just think he gets the most conflict. He gets to be in that ship. And, like, he's the one who comes around kind of without contact with any enemies. He does actually have those moments with Flay. And I wonder if more screen time between Izak and Flay would have made the series better. What influence they would have had on each other would have been very interesting. To well, see. hey, people are already shipping them based on seeing each other once. Yeah. And he's even kind of there when he talks to Diarca about it. Yeah. Because like, he's already questioned, like, as soon as Lacus Klein is a traitor, he's like, are we doing the right thing? And Rao's like, oh, that's, they're just trying to take advantage of people thinking that way. And then he has a conversation with Diarco, who's like, eh, whatever, man, you do you. <laughs> which character death hit you in the feels the most this time watching the series? And for Jeremy and Zach, which one hit you hardest the first time watching it? I think we should do first time watching it first, and then yeah, this time. Sure. So, starting with you, Tyler, which, which one do you think is the biggest one? This is a hard question. I guess a lot of the people I expected to die didn't, and the people who I think would have hit me the hardest did not die. Um, or at least stay dead. I yeah. <laughs> there's well, the there's weird that. thing that uh, there's Neo Roanoke, who I feel like we should ignore for the purpose of this question. So, the obvious answer is Moo, but honestly, it didn't hit me that hard because it was so well telegraphed, right? Like, but the thing is, he should die twenty episodes before he. Yeah, dies, there is right? that because Kira dies there in air quotes. It doesn't make sense to kill Moo there. Um, I think it was actually probably Nataro just because of how brutal it was, and it was kind of unexpected. But I kind of expected her to live. Then she didn't. For me, the first time watching the series, it was Moo, because I actually didn't think he was going to die because he got into the last episode. He was, even though he was beat up, 
Like, it was a dramatic moment for him to stop the blast. And then, like, later on, one of the things that they removed in the HD version is at the end of the series, in the actual, like, the standard version that they released, you know, before Destiny ever came out, was there's actually a shot of Moose helmet floating in space. You've mentioned that a couple times. So, like, that's why that that death hit me the hardest the first time around. And for me, it's Maru's reaction. And, like, she has a dead boyfriend already. Yeah. And, like, her just, like, you promised yeah. you'd come back. Like, and then she sucks it up and moves on because it's not time to grieve yet. Yeah. Well, because she's got to do captain things. <sighs> Maru is so cool. There's that reaction from Maru. Yeah. Uh, but this time through, it was definitely Natarl. Same. <laughs> it was <laughs> that, Natarl this that time. That death is so brutal. It's so brutal. And also, part of it was because I knew, as frustrating as it is, as it is yeah, that Maru's death dead. is undercut. Yeah, it's undercut by destiny, and like you said, like you said, the the death is so brutal, and it is like a last heroic action by Natarl that ends there, and it's not deserved. Not to say that Moose is, but Moose is in a combat situation, throwing himself in front of the woman he loves, whereas yeah. Natarl is just doing the right thing, and she's trying to save a bunch of people. Well, to be well, fair, she does save a lot of people. It's actually kind of symmetric in that respect. Yes, that's true. And it also ends up being um, like a wasted sacrifice because Rao destroys the shuttle that all the people that she saved are on. So that really reinforces that like true tragic death of that character. Lastly, if they had kept Kira dead after his battle with Atherin, what direction would you have liked to see the show take? Would you have still wanted Atherin to change sides and would it have had made sense at that point? I don't know that Atherin would have changed sides. I would have liked to see the remnants of the Klein faction, because I think that probably would have happened anyway. Try to push Zaft in a different direction specifically. I feel like that's what would have happened is Atherin becomes her inside man. I think he has kind of a death wish, though. So I think the same thing. Like I think Atherin doesn't necessarily change sides to the Earth forces. I think he does join up with Lacus and the Klein faction to take down Zaft and try and establish peace through basically the Three Ships Alliance. In that, but in that case, you're also missing the Archangel if you let the the series play out the same way. Yeah, I was gonna say I. This is something even before this question. Like Mike's pitch for a comic book, and like this will never happen. No one has the right rights. Is to write this what if comic of what if Kira had stayed dead, and it's very interesting because if you look at if you don't change anything, and he is asking us to change stuff, but if you don't, the Archangel goes down at Alaska, right? The Ark is yep. dead. Isaac probably goes down fighting it, so that wipes out the majority of the cast. There's Lacus Klein. Who probably steals uh, steals the Freedom Gundam, I think but doesn't happens. have a pilot for it. I feel like it could be Atherin at some point, though. It could be, but I think the plan... I, I'm a kind of projecting onto the plan. I think the Klein faction's plan is we steal the Freedom, they are giving Atherin the justice, and then we get him to defect with it, and then we steal the Eternal. But That's a good plan, actually. But I think without the, like, hey, go see Kira, Atherin, like is just put into more madness, and I think eventually he ends up committing suicide by battlefield. I think the dramatic version of that is Lacus ends up in the freedom and Atherin literally throws himself on her beam saber um, <laughs> because she's not going to kill him. That's fair. But also, if we're going realistic, uh, the Eternal doesn't make it out without the freedom coming to To save it. Yeah. Okay, so the, the question is, does Lacus pilot the Eternal or the freedom because she can? Yeah, I so. think she does, but I also, like, as tragic as this sounds, I don't think she's a good enough pilot to turn the tide. That's her. I and, mean, that's not her training at all. Orb burns, but I think the Kusanagi still makes it out. And Raul Crusade's plan basically goes off, but the Kusanagi is floating out there with the last like remnants of humanity, which is the super bleak how it goes if we don't change anything. No, obviously, I'm, I'm kind of okay with that, honestly. <laughs> the, the change I make, and it's a little tricky, is I have them like when Mu shows up and is like, "Hey, you know, we're gonna blow up." They go say, "Hey, Diarca, get in the Buster. Like this is what's going on." 
we don't trust you, but, but we like, need, we you need to a get pilot. Us out of here. Which is like they didn't because at that point they could have before Kira showed up anyway. Yeah. And I think so. in that case, you also can use more time with like having Millie spend more time with Diarca to yeah. reinforce that connection with the Archangel. So Diarca stays with them instead of taking the bus there and leaving when they reach Orb. And further, when Izak realizes that Raul the Crusade sent him to his death because it is Diarca, his best friend, who is telling him this, I think he ends up on the Archangel as well. Basically, takes what would have been Kira's slot. Yeah, and in that case, Lacus steals the freedom. Izak and Diarca are able to convince Atherin to join sides. And it's Three Sips Alliance that way. I'm okay with that outcome, too. Honestly, I kind of like the bleaker outcome, because that sets up potential stories in the future, but... Or we do this full Marvel what-if style, and Kira's still alive. Because stories like, you know what happens in What If the Punisher's Family Didn't Die? He becomes a Punisher The Punisher's anyway Family some... Dies. <laughs> <laughs> it's just later. Stug Life has one other question. I think Gundam 00 has replaced Gundam Seed as the go-to show to throw newbies into the Gundam franchise, having gorgeous animation and a slightly more serious storyline. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jeremy, you say that you, you consider Seed to still be the go-to intro to Gundam. Defend your thesis. This is specifically at me, if you guys want to throw in. I'm the only one who's really seen 00. I know you've seen a couple of I've episodes, I've seen Zach. about half of the first season. And I've only seen the first season, and I just finished watching it yesterday. Because Gundam 00 is a series that I bounce off a lot, and I actually think that's where my defense comes from. Gundam 00, I think all Gundam series have very slow starts. Gundam 00 is a slog. When you get to episode 18, suddenly it becomes amazing, uh, but it's not interesting until episode 14. My problem, at least the reason why I bounced off of 00 for such a long time, was because like the main character of like the four pilots i always remember his name because setsuna is a very popular name and i always have to establish it because there's a lot of different setsuna Setsuna f i should yes father i shall become a gundam say yes that guy (laughs) is so boring they're doing hero again but at the end of the first episode of gundam wing he has that moment of i'll kill you to relina setsuna f say never really gets that and he's got this weird obsession with gundams that doesn't seem to like he never seems to really grow a character he like, does try and be the character around him for most of the first season. Like, I actually do really like Lock-On, but the rest of them, it's like one guy is like schizophrenic or multiple yeah. personality disorder. One dude is, I don't even know what the yeah, fuck. Yeah, the scary thing is Setsuna F, Yes Father, I Shall Become a Gundam Sei, is probably the most sane of the Gundam pilots. Uh, Lock-On is insane in a very specific way, so you can make the argument that he's a bit more together. But again, it happens, Zach. It just happens... <laughs> Way late in the game. And that's my argument for Seed, is I think Seed's interesting from episode two. Once you have that Kira-Athrin relationship going. Well, Kira's a very, very, like, as you've already pointed out, relatable character. I don't relate to him quite the way you guys do, but even I have that moment of, yeah, I can attach to this guy. And like you said, with Kira and Athrin automatically just bouncing in there and you're getting perspectives from both sides, there's a lot of just baked in character there. Maru's got a lot. Moo's got a lot. And this is from episode one. And Gundam 00 has a lot of moving parts, and they all have character representation, which is great from a writing a show standpoint, but it means it takes so long for the characters to develop character because they're busy representing ideas. Uh, And when it happens, the show suddenly gets really good in a hurry, but it takes a lot of setup. Do you think it would have benefited from, like, a Kai-style treatment, or do you think they would lose something? It's hard to say because I don't know, like, I don't know how I could make Gundam 00 better. I think it can be done, 
I don't think I'm the guy for it. That's right. Um, and Gundam Double O is very popular. So I'm curious why people think it's the go-to. I mean, he talked about gorgeous animation, a slightly more serious storyline. No one in Gundam Seed has a multiple personalities or weird super or quantum brainwaves are never said and you're expected to just accept them. <laughs> um, the Gundam organization is not dropping from the sky saying, we are going to shoot you until you eradicate war. That said, you know, there are genetic super soldiers that are just a race of people and you have to accept that. So they're both ridiculous. Granted, I do agree with the idea of peace through superior firepower. And I get what you're going for when you say, hey, it's more serious. This is not the word I would pick. Like, it's more pessimistic. Um, more more but, gritty. Yeah. Even that's not quite right because they have Gundam space magic. It's Honestly, more cynical. Cynical is such a loaded word. I don't want to use it, but I think it's the right one because Gundam I've Seed's seen, so optimistic. From what I've seen of the, that series, it feels more like natural to the human idea Revan, Gundam Seed is much more, like you said, idealistic. It's like, we can achieve peace, whereas, like, these guys show up and basically say, we're going to shoot you until you stop warring with each other, or at least, like, try and unify the planet against us. Like, that's their plan. And everybody's like, okay, murder everything anyway. So, like, that's the reaction of, okay, get better gear and murder them first. So, like, Gundam Seed could, could then be phrases, <laughs> like, idealistic, yes. whereas Double O is maybe more pragmatic. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a good fair. Way to put it. That's very fair. I don't think double double O is bad, but I think it's so hard to get into personally. I tried like six times, and it it only stuck this one. Part of the problem is the first time the "Hey, let's shoot you until we eradicate war" just reminded me so much of stuff in Destiny I didn't like that I bounced right off, which isn't fair because I think it's a reaction to some stuff in Destiny, and it's a fair one, and it candles the subject with a lot more like it thought about it a lot more. But like on a surface level, just watching the first episode didn't really get that. You know, talking about all this stuff. I think I'm going to skip ahead a little bit. And watch the double O? I'm going to watch turn A. Okay. Because that actually showed up. Oh, you, please please lend it to me when you're done. So I'm going to watch all of turn A. In the I kind of want to watch days. turn A too, because I've I've heard it's weird. It This For one's all stuff, but I'm going to watch it because I'm, I'm interested. I now own three Gundam series. G Gundam, turn A, and uh, Gundam Seed. One of these is not like the others. Is it Seed? <laughs> How much Sue could a Mary Sue Sue if a Mary Sue was Kiriyamato? By Stuck Life. <laughs> um, he's way more of one in Destiny, is what I'll say. Yeah, um, uh, he he doesn't really marry Sue too hard, because even after he has his I'm Jesus now moment, he still messes up a few times. Well, he's mortal a few times. And he, even in Destiny, he does have that, but it gets real bad. Like, I... I I've noted I hate his, like, kill the grunts button, because they overuse it, and boy, do they overuse it. Now that Tyler has seen the whole series, rank all of the openings. Is that what he was asking? Yes. All yes. Of the openings. Okay, um, I'm going to have to remember <laughs> each one. Honestly, the first opening of Destiny is so good. We're just doing the seed ones. I Desti know. Yeah, Invoke is like is a world beater. Although, I'm starting to get a real fondness for the first opening of Double O, now that I've watched it. You're, you're going to have to give me a second to go and look at all the openings. I honestly break. can't remember the openings, because like, I'm one of those them? weird people that... I don't skip them. I watch them whenever I watch a series. I just... Like, I watch them, and then I just can't remember them when I look at it later. It's difficult for me. Can but, we all agree the second one's the worst? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's sure. slow. The There's nothing new out of it. It's just got the stupid background things. There are very few anime openings I can actually remember. One of which I can't actually get, and it's the opening to Burst Angel, because I actually quite like that one. Hmm. The first one's very good. It's by the same band that did the first Destiny one, and it's a very similar song. I think I have that one on my iPod, the one that he just had. Yeah, that's the first one. I know that way too well because I was trying to learn how to play it on guitar, and I never did. 
I think Believe's my favorite. But Realize is really good as well. And it's the theme of the freedom and justice in Super Robot Wars J. And honestly, that's what made me really like Realize. Uh, See, and part of the thing is, like, I actually pay attention to the background animations, and I kind of include that. Um, That's fair. Just based on the song, I think it's got to go the third one, whose name I (laughs) already forgot. Thank you. Believe. I really Uh, like that opening sequence, too. Like, there's the Atherin and Kira walking away from their mobile suits in parallel. Then Ignite. Um, I have a soft spot for Ignite. It was... Like, honestly, I was really into the action of Gundam Seed in the first few episodes. I think I was more into the show when we first started watching it than I am now, maybe because I can now view it as a whole. Then... Realize. Uh, yes, thank you. Fourth Realize. One. And then the second one is... I, Moment. It's bad. I say I actively dislike that one. I think the other three are just pretty good. Yeah. I mostly agree with that ranking. I might switch Ignited and Realize, but the more I think about it, I think that's right. And like I said, I have a difficult time remembering most of them, so... Okay, that's all the questions we had. <laughs> I'm not asking that one, Tyler. Because it's too vague. It, w- it would have been a nice wrap-up. Instead, let's wrap up by putting the Shenlong on our list, because that's what <laughs> Kevin proposed in the first episode of What's a Gundam. And we're all here. And Zach hates the Shenlong. I do hate the Shenlong. I get where you're coming from. It is a worse Dragon Gundam, but we don't have the Dragon Gundam on our list. And honestly... The duel, for me, is like the, it's the most plain Gundam in existence. And so I, I'm kind of of the opinion, anything better than the duel is a good Gundam. Anything below the duel is a bad that Gundam. That is fair. I mean, if we had the Dragon Gundam, it would automatically go below it. I, I think the Shenlong's better than the duel, personally. I, that, I do, too. because like color scheme is solid. It's it, got the spear. It's got its, I, its spear. It's extendable, like, dragon arm thing that has a flamethrower in it. But one of the problems is, like, it's got these cool features. Yeah. Sort of the Dragon Gundam. (laughs) It definitely loses points for originality. Another one that loses points for originality is the Forbidden Gundam, a.k.a. Bad Death Scythe. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't it have the shrouding thing, though? So does the Death Scythe Hell. Well, the Death Scythe Hell is an endless waltz, right? Well, it's also in the series. Is it? Uh, Death Scythe Hell is basically the Death Scythe custom that he gets in the second half of the series. It's the Death Scythe. Hell. Anyway. It, it is the only one that has that kind of name. The other ones are just like Heavy Arms Custom. Shen, or, Wing no, Zero. No, it is Shenlong Custom, isn't it? Or is it? does it actually get a name? Altron. Altron, okay. Yep. It's, it's not even the Shenlong. And then it's the Sandrock Custom. Sandrock Custom gets an Uzi. And that's it. It can also fly in space. <laughs> do? Um, also, it's no longer Katra's fault that there's no air in space. I think I like the Shenlong more than the Forbidden. Um, I think I also like the Shenlong. I, th- I like the Shenlong pretty well. No, so. I, I like the Scythe and I like the beam deflector on the on the Forbidden, so I think I'd have to give it to the Forbidden, but I'm outvoted. Right above the Forbidden, we have the Chaos, and I'm a little more torn on that. Uh, I don't really care for the Chaos or Abyss, personally. The Chaos is the... Um, Funnel Gundam Funnel from Gundam. Destiny. And it also transforms. Yes. Mostly because I prefer the Forbidden already. I think I have to give it to the Chaos. I'm leaning there. I forgot how awesome the, like, periwinkle is on the Shenlon. It's a good color scheme. It's a good color scheme, It's mostly. not as good as the Dragon Gundams. Uh, or the Altrons. Yeah, I was going to say, Dragon Gundams got a beat by a mile. I think I'd probably have to give it to the Chaos. Okay, so the Shenlong will go at number 28, above the Forbidden, and below the Chaos. I look forward to the next Wing Gundam we get to rank. I don't know. I like the Wing Zero. I think it's a solid suit. I like heavy arms a lot. I love heavy arms. It's a bad. It's objectively a bad suit design, but it's a great Gundam design, especially for the uh, like the mission parameters. Here, let's make this thing that's entirely equipped with ballistic weapons on a guerrilla campaign. I know. What were they thinking? Where's Troll More getting Daka. his ammunition? That's what they were thinking. More Daka. He took the feat that lets him turn circus performances into gut bullets. 
Oh yeah, we no, he took, <laughs> no. He I took forgot. the we he took the uh, the morphing fluid for his energy field, so he can create bullets out of thin air, not nothingness, thin air, as opposed to heavy air or thick air. Yeah, look, eventually we'll get the Toggies on here, and that's a world beater. So the the Toggies three is amazing. Yeah, I was gonna say I like I like me some Toggies. I actually like me the uh, grunt, the Leo, and the is it Mercury? Uh, there's the Leo is like the standard grunt suit. I actually really like the Leo. Um, the Mercurius is the red one with the shield. Yep, also really like that one. And the V8 is the one with the big cannon. I don't know what that one is. I like the Virgo because it's the combination of the Mercurius and the V8, but God, playing SD Gunman is so freaking annoying. So that'll do that for this segment. All right, so are you ready for series-wide high points, low points? Yeah. Tyler, we're going to start with you as is tradition. Um, High point. Oh, man. And feel free the, to list a couple if you, we want to discuss a few things. Yeah, I was going to say the high point because that's pretty try hard. Try to go for it. So I think probably my favorite part in the series, and this is like where it's start, or I guess where Kira starts informing his own philosophy, is the scene starting with uh, Kigali and Kira running into Waltfelt at the Euro shop or the donor kebab shop. Um, and then the subsequent uh, chat they have with him in his study after that. Um, that that whole pretty good. That whole sequence is probably my favorite thing in the entire show. Like, there's some individual moments I like more, but that that as a thing that informs Kira's character is probably my favorite part of the show. Yeah, it definitely comes back to that a lot. Walt Felt states some of the major themes of the series there about where war is over and such. Well, and I like how he, does, he doesn't give an answer to it, really. Yeah, because like, he doesn't know. Yeah, he doesn't know. And that's actually, that's part of what I like about right. it, is like, he doesn't know. And He's then, in part asking himself the same question, or at least it's a question that he's asking himself. Exactly. Which is why it's so great, because it's what really gets Kira thinking about it. And he eventually comes to a conclusion where Walfell couldn't, despite being an adult man. Any runners-up that you'd like to mention? The first firing of the Death Star, also yeah. very good. I guess uh, Lackis helping Kira steal the freedom, um, also pretty good. Borrow. Um, yeah, th- I'm sorry, borrow, borrow the freedom. No um, returning. And runner, runner up, Secret Agent Takasa. <laughs> <laughs> I do love Takasa. He just gets the worst bosses. <laughs> uh, Zach, what's your high point? Uh, mine are kind of funny because of just how I am as a person. I think Kira's return is one of my favorite moments just in general. When he goes down to Alaska? Yeah. Yeah, you stole mine, friend. Shows up right there. Well, it's a great moment. That entire sequence. Um, like, that fight with Izak, where he forgives him. Like, like the whole thing. The music behind it. The, the music like, behind it, the animation, especially the once-over they do for the HD remake of it. It looks fantastic. It's a really cool moment. Uh, really cool reveal. The goddamn the Symbolism. angel imagery as he floats up in front of the archangel and, and then, everyone's like, like what? His, um, it's it's pretty good. And then right after that, his warning zapped the microwave gun and all this other stuff. Like It's such a great moment. Oh, I that, actually... Go ahead. Like, I really, really do like and I like seeing, you know, that in general. I like having that. It is a little deus ex machina, but at the same time... It's cool, and it's not like the series does a lot of that. So it's I'm not... Deus Ex Machina in a, a literal way. Kira comes from the sky to save them <laughs> all, but also he was running there to do that. It's not yeah. like it comes out of nowhere. No, I, I, it comes out of nowhere for them. But like, like I said, it is a little Deus Ex Machina. But the series doesn't make a habit of doing that all the time, and it's already established that he was on his way. 
No, I suspect the only real Deus Ex Machina in the show is probably going to be the thing you bring up as your low point. Um, I think you know what my <laughs> low point is. Um, I was actually going to say I completely forgot about this entire thing, but the the whole scene with the Cyclops system. Also, yeah. um, I love that and, like moose frustration. And... Yeah, and it's just it's surprisingly brutal for this show. Um, like there's some death scenes and stuff, but man, that one was that was gruesome for this as ostensibly a kid show. Yeah. So, Jeremy, what's yours? Since I took it, do you have any runners up before I get to that? Uh, Walt felt in general. <laughs> just everything Walt felt. Everything Walt felt. Everything Moo. Did you ever um, watch that Folgers commercial I posted with Walt Felt? No. Okay, I will have to go find that. <laughs> like they're real strong. The moments I really like the uh, the desert chapter, even though I know Jeremy doesn't. Yeah, and it could I, use it grew a lot, on me. This uh, it could use a lot more sure. Athrin, but like because Walt Felt's such a great character, I'm willing to overlook that. All right, you took my high point, like I said. So I'm gonna take my first runner up, which is that fight between Kira and Athrin on uh, the island. That is some very good mobile suit fighting. I actually completely yeah. forgot about that sequence, but now that you're talking about it, like, man, that is good I mean, it's, animation. It's so intense. They get so mad at each other. It's well animated. It's intensely said. It's actually pretty short. Like, I didn't remember how short it actually was. It's short. It's brutal. Like, they cut off limbs. They both come up with a lot of weird tricks in the middle of it. I was actually, like, I'm not sure if this is, like, a specific scene, but all of Kira's improvised weaponry. Yeah, um, like, <laughs> dropping the shield on the, I was thinking about dropping the shield on the Baku in particular. He and that improvise, kick on Isaac. He, he doesn't too. improvise a lot of weapons, honestly. Uh, he does a lot of improvised movement that the mobile suit isn't really meant for. Like, he jumps off of people a lot, and, it, like, he just throws his shield at things. Yeah, he's very unconventional in his fighting style, which makes a lot of the fights in Gundam Seed more dynamic than previous series. I know Turn A did a lot of that stuff, too, and the original series had some of it as well. So I don't want to say it's unique, but the Sunrise era really started to rely on stock animation, so there's not as much of that as you want in, say, a Gundam Wing or a G Gundam. And runner-up is going to kind of be cheating, but I really like Lacus and Kira's relationship. Like, it, it is very... it's uh, Shallow is not the right word. It's very simple, but I love how reluctant Kira is to get into it right after Flay. He's I mean, also, it makes a lot of sense. Like, I feel like he's also beating himself up about a lot of things, and he's like maybe thinking, I don't deserve this. Yeah. He's definitely somebody who's got kind of a guilt complex. Yeah, he has a think, god complex, really. Well, I was thinking guilt complex because he seems to think that all the evil in the world is his fault. Yeah, that's and what a god complex is. stop it, then it's his fault. Yeah, he has the capacity to do something about it, so le- therefore everything's his fault. Also, this is his best friend's fiance. That's gonna also be weird that, too. Yeah. Even if, like, you know, they that ne- all resolves all right. They never really explore that a whole lot. And I, I was kind of feeling. Ex- I always got the feeling that uh, Atherin and Lacus both like had affection for one another, but it was never really anything deeper than yeah, that. They don't seem to have any chemistry. Yeah, they're, they're friends, but that's about it. And they uh, were officially uh, broken off. So yeah, that's fair. Um, I mean, Kigali and Atherin definitely talk about it, but. Um, uh, uh, Atherd and Kira, not so much. Speaking of which, I actually way prefer Kigali and Atherin's relationship. I, I mean, I can see that. That's fair. It gives you two. Like, a lot of the ones in this one are actually very good. It's just a shame they never let Kigali really do anything. Well, you're spoiling my low point now, friend. <laughs> also, Flay. I'll tell you right now, I'm not taking that one as my low point. Oh, man. I forgot about, like, all the great facial animation in Flay when she's being Yakuza early on. Sur- when Flay's in manipulation mode, they do a lot of good things with her animations. Well, Even some of her, like, late, like, oh my god, I was a terrible person stuff, like with her and Natarl. 
Yeah, also I, very good. They convey a lot of emotion from her with like zero words, just like the her body posture and stuff. Through like really throughout the series, I don't know. I like Flay as a character a lot, especially after like in retrospect. I love Flay's character. I don't like Flay. No, no, Flay's <laughs> a terrible person, and I think that's kind of the point. She gets to be less terrible. Like she and Isaac have weirdly mirroring arcs, which is why occasionally people will ship them. Ha. Huh. Yeah. Um. Ha. I don't feel like they'd get along at all, honestly. <laughs> no, they're too similar. <laughs> <laughs> they're too similar in all the wrong ways. So, low point, Tyler. Man, I'm trying to think, like, I was trying to think of one, and I'm like, maybe Patrick Zala's crazy man syndrome, but honestly, that wasn't too bad. Oh, man. Uh, runner-up high point, kind of. <laughs> um, wrong it, set, Tyler. Yeah, I know. It's uh, na- the way Nataro goes out. It's pretty um, good. No, I was trying to think of a low point, and I think the low point is actually... How she is forced to go out. Yeah, um, her and Flay. Yeah. That entire series of decisions leading up to that and like Asriel just like it there there does... are so many things I could have prevented that and I I like Natarl's more than a lot of the other ones because she has a tragic arc. Like yeah. she has a tragic flaw, which is her belief in the military industrial complex and her total faith in it. Well, both Natarl and Flay kind of go out on the level of, uh, we need to tie up these loose ends, so let's just blow them up real quick. <laughs> like, I really like Natarl's character arc and, like, the way she chooses to die. There are just, like, some things I dislike about the whole, like, her her clearly questioning Azrael the entire time and then, like, the entire, like, power struggle right before the end, I feel like could have gone very... There could have been some, like, physical juxtaposition things that they did that would have made it a lot more believable for me. I mean, that comes down to details, really. Like, the the way it ha- ended, I think, is good. Just the way we got to where it ended was less good. Um, so that's the one I'm choosing very arbitrarily, because I don't want to steal Zach's. Any um, uh, runners-up? Yeah, man, this is hard. I guess the second firing of the moon lasers <laughs> seemed a little... There's definitely diminishing returns on that, right? Don't worry. We're about to enter rapid-fire mode. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um... I guess also Rao's motivation. I don't know if you're saving that, but... Rao's motivation works and doesn't for me. Like, it works on a very thematic level, like on a hero's journey. He is like the darkness. He's almost inhuman in his hatred in a way that Patrick Zala and Asriel, as much as we like to call them cartoon characters, their darkness comes from like a place of hate. Rao is closer to a force of of nature than he is an actual person. Yeah, so maybe not his motivation, but the actions he takes based on that motivation seem extreme. So, like, either he needed a more specific goal than burn at all, (laughs) or... I feel it's not so much that. It's more of, it because of his motivation, it makes his actions seem a lot more inconsistent. Exactly, yeah. Um, And that's my problem, is, like, he either needed a much more specific goal, or he needed much more... Especially from the early on stages. It feels like when they first started the series, they had a slightly different motivation in mind for Rao. I thought he was more Char at the start. And they put more and more of Char's stuff on other characters as the series went on. And I think Rao's maybe the weakest masked character in Gundam. He and Neo can definitely fight it out for that. <laughs> I'm trying to think if anyone else can come to that party. Um, and I can't really think of yeah, anyone. Yeah, because even though Gundam Wing ain't great, Zex is actually a pretty, a pretty good character. No, actually, yeah. Zex is maybe one of my favorite characters in a Gundam series. Zex so. suffers at the very end from being like, hey, Shard dropped a colony on the Earth, so now you want to, too. But up until that point, he's very good. And if you ignore how rapid that change is, once he's changed over, he's pretty good, too. There's just, like, needs some smoothing out there. So Zex is very good. The one in Iron-Blooded Orphans isn't bad. 
I mean, Shard's great. Is there a mask in turn A? Yes, but he's kind of more of a he's a more uh, allied character. He's more like a quattro. Gotcha. Harry Ord. Yeah, really just Rao's whole thing. Like, he was great in the beginning and he just kind of fell apart at the end because I feel like they didn't know what to do with him. Um, I feel like that happened to a lot of characters, but we'll, we'll get there shortly, I'm sure. Zach! Right, Zach. <laughs> Everyone knows, but say it. <laughs> Kira's death. Yeah, Kira's deus ex Kira's machina. Un- okay. quote-unquote death. You, you're fine with his death. What you don't like is that it doesn't stick. <laughs> well, the thing is, like, I don't like that it doesn't stick, and I really don't like that there's not really any real way explained as to how we could survive it. Yeah, and there is a weird, like, for the longest time, I was told, hey, it's explained in the manga. The thing is, the manga explanation isn't actually an explanation, so... It just explains basically how he got to the colony, right? It doesn't explain yeah. how he survived the blast. And to be fair, I don't I don't have nearly as much of a problem with this as you have. We've had that discussion already, we, we so I'm have. not going to try to I'm... take the floor from you. But it was a thing where in my head I was like, oh, there is more detail to some, that somewhere at least. So that kind of helps it. But the more detail, it's, it's not worth tracking down. Well, it's kind of like my thing with Nataro. Like, if they had just played it out slightly differently, it would be a lot more believable. Well, here's the thing. If there's one little thing that could have explained how he survived that they never really go into and it's all it would take one line the Gundam at at orb has an ejection system installed there you go ta-da um, although you never get to see it launch or anything well that um, would be fine because you no, don't have to see it you can you, see it in flashback if you then do it, that yeah if it comes up you can explain it that way or you know at the, at the very least it is mentioned but Everywhere that we've seen people having to bail out, it's literally been bailing out. There's not been any ejection system or anything like that. And it's, the timing's too tight for him to have gotten clear. So it's like he just survives because they didn't really think it all the way through. I too, I don't think that's fair just because I don't think they're like, let's kill him. And then let's, uh, oh, shit, I guess he's alive now. No, I, I think it was always the plan. I don't so. think, I, I say they don't, I, I don't think they thought it all the way through. I'm more mean. I don't think they thought through how he got out, but it wasn't important to them as a writing. Like staff. it wasn't part of the plot, right? Yeah. The the important thing was he died, quote unquote, and came back. And b- because I'm with them on that, that's why I don't. Bu- this doesn't bug me as much as it bugs you. It just bugs me because of the fact that usually there are so he, many I, ways so, they could have gone out of it. It's so easy to explain it, and then they didn't, and they just didn't. Uh, so it, it's like I, said, I don't like it. I do like how he comes back, which is why my high point and low point are kind of... It's not making the series unwatchable for me. And then I guess I guess runner-up for me on the low points is uh, the cartoon villains at the end of the series. And most certainly the... Uh, the water arc, the the middle of the ocean. <laughs> oh, I ocean forgot arc. about oh, that. That's gonna be my runner up. Yeah, like that desert arc really grew on me. And like I said when we were recording it, the reason I said that I didn't like the desert arc is to me they it kind of ran together with the water arc. But there is a very clear break. Yep. Yeah, and like the water arc does bring Atherin back, but it doesn't help it. It just feels like padding, and it's not fun. The only, like, decent episode we got was the beach episode out of that. I mean, we do get a few things of Kira doing like cool stuff. You know, you got the the strike can't operate underwater. Oh, I guess it can. Well, like it almost feels like it was there because the original Gundam had some water stuff. It definitely feels so. like that. I'm not sure what you would put there instead, but I would have rather seen them do something else. Maybe extend the uh the desert arc a little bit longer, have have Atherin come into play at that point in time and work with Waltfeld to try and pin the Archangel down. Like 
Because we got a Captain Beardo, a guy that I don't even know his name. We've got Captain a... Beardo, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> um, I actually tagged a... his name on all the episodes that he was in, just so we could remember him. Just so it's such... It's so ridiculous. Like, it's not fun. It's just kind of there. It feels padded. It feels like the Artemis base again. But it's not just one episode. It's stretched out in an entire sequence. And Moo doesn't karate chop anyone. That entire arc. Moo doesn't karate chop anyone. Natarl... We did get the island episode in that, which was at least well, good for our show. Well, that's what I was saying, <laughs> is that the uh, the island episode is the only decent one we got out of there. We didn't get any, like, Maru terrible acting or anything like that, so... I don't know. I I did not care for it. So what did you think, Jeremy? Uh, so my low point's going to be, like, I'm fighting between two. It's going to be the way this series treats some of its female characters. And by some of them, I mean all of them. And I've yeah. talked about this at every available point. Like, Tyler already kind of stole half of this one, which is why I was thinking of going with something else. But Kigali's the main offender. Where Kigali, I mean, this, give cre- this series some credit. It's trying in a way that a lot of other Gundam series didn't. But it's also failing in doing a lot of like soft problems instead of hard problems that say Zeta have like there's not a character here who can literally mind control women into joining his side because women are uh loyalists and he's sexy um <laughs> it's not that problem but what is that a reference Zeta to? Gundam Shirak Paptimus Shirako has magic eyes and if he looks at a woman with them they will join his side I so I haven't ever watched Zeta and now I understand your complaints about this show <laughs> I mean, I definitely agree with you, Jeremy. They're, they don't let a lot of the female characters actually do much of anything. Like, yet we're presented with Kigali, and she, like, she, we're kind of told she's kind of a badass, but we're never really shown her doing anything to really prove it. Like, she goes out and flies the the uh, Skygrasper twice and crashes both times. She does bring down a Baku with a rocket launcher once. That's pretty I don't cool. think she does that. It's somebody else who does that I, with I the rocket she, launcher. I think she does. She does. Get one. Um, but there's just a lot of... Most of what Kigali's doing is, like, being imperiled. That said, she is a good emotional foil for everyone to play off of. I'm because not she rea- she's a bad character. Like, her stuff with Atherin's really good. Her stuff with Kira's really good. Yeah, no, it's I- just that she doesn't get to actually, like, do something. Yeah, I guess that's actually the problem, is that she is such a good character, but doesn't get to take any action, really. Yeah. Like, there's not a cool Kigali moment, right? And Lacus is probably the best done, but she has to stay on the ship and kind of tell Waltfelt what to do. And that would be fine if, like, Higali got really cool moments or some of the other characters did. But because they don't, she just has to kind of be Team Mom back on the ship. Lacus isn't really giving that much in the way of orders. She kind of makes suggestions and Waltfeld's doing everything. Yeah, the best thing she does is support Kira. And I love that those scenes. She also gives an inspirational speech to everyone. Yeah, and I do love those speeches, but also those speeches aren't great. We're going to get into that <laughs> in a minute. I mean, granted, we do have Maru and Nataro, who are competent individuals, but they're also kind of that B-level of character, whereas Kigali and Lacus are definitely supposed to be on the A-tier. Yeah, and Nataro and Flay having to die to be, like, redeemed for their sins, that sucks for both of them. Like I said, I like Nataro's tragic arc, and if the more the female characters stepped up, that wouldn't be a problem. Um, uh, and- I was gonna say, Nataro does also get that awesome scene where she out-tactics pretty much the entire alliance, I guess? The All of her opposition? The Three Ships Alliance and Zaft? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, like, Flay, I really wish Flay didn't have to die at the end of the series. I understand it, and, like, it's not even to motivate Kira, really, but it kind of gets played that way in the short term, and that kind of sucks, because Kira already wants to kill this man. He doesn't need more motivation. 
and it adds to his PTSD, which I do think is important for Kira going forward. Uh, if he had gotten that catharsis with Flay, maybe he could have moved on. But like, I wish they could have had it out. I wish she didn't. The series didn't feel like she had to die because it feels like they're saying, "Oh, she was so bad, she had to die for her sins." And like, clearly, she's coming around and has realized how bad she is. And like the series says with Athern, the worst punishment is having to live with what you did and be a better person. Yeah, like, and because like you said, she's trying to come back around, but they just ace her anyway. And like you said, Gundam. I like the random violence in Gundam. But the thing is, that didn't really feel random. So- it felt like. It was something that was going to happen because this. It felt random to Flay to me. Actually, it did not feel random to Taro. No, it's it random because you get that big moment of Kira saving her with the shield, and then she just dies anyway. Well, the reason why it didn't feel random is because Rao was most certainly calculating to kill her. Like he's trying to kill her. I was gonna say. So you're a Serenity fan. Um, the, F- the Firefly or Joey's sister. <laughs> both why not both uh no firefly um i segued us too much yeah and i mean this is a podcast with three white guys talking about the female characters done dirty yeah so, that's fair that's a little <laughs> awkward but i do think it's kind of my biggest problem with the series revisiting it because i remember it being the moment where like we had these cool female characters and unfortunately it's kind of not uh runner up episode 25 what I'm, is episode 25? Is that the recap? Yeah. Specifically our episode 25, but we didn't have a lot of uh, good material to run with. Destiny's going to make that problem so much worse, oh, which God. is why this is a runner-up. Now, my understanding is the HD version of Destiny, which I've not watched, fixes that. And that would go so far towards fixing Destiny's problems. <laughs> what did they do? Remove like 10 yeah. episodes? Because if you removed all the clip episodes, it's Destiny's still 50 only like episodes 50... somehow. How, what, <laughs> huh? I don't know, Zach. I don't know. Because if you remove all the clip episodes, that series is only like 25 episodes long i feel like i had my third was uh the water arc we already went over that so so i, sh- I should have brought this up at like the the series recap or well that's fine we're about back to there that's fair um ba- based on zach's comment i still think fairly frequently about like how different a show this would have been if kira had actually died and like i kind of want to see what that show would have been i'd write that comic like, I feel like Atherin would have a lot of issue. Like, how Atherin would we get the freedom, right? Because yeah, Zaft has yeah. it. Unless Lackis stole it and she had the freedom. Okay. No, I get the feeling La- Atherin she- probably steals the freedom, but Lackis kind of convinces him to take up what would have been Kira's yeah, uh, like, burden. Yeah, like, Atherin's going to have some pretty major guilt problems. They're going to be even worse because Kira's not actually alive. Yeah, because he's actually. And he was already beating himself up over that pretty bad before he found out that Kira was still alive. Uh, the Archangel crew's probably dead. Yeah, Archangel's dead. Although Moo might get there in time to like get them away i don't uh, know because no, he, he arrived too late to stop the gin. i do feel that the archangel actually i feel that the archangel is probably dead and i also feel like the plants are probably gone and without the archangel does the now two ships alliance <laughs> have enough I don't firepower think, i don't think they but, really like does to, orb survive to i don't launch think they do their ship I, I honestly don't think they do i think i think the uh, forces earth forces overrun orb pretty easily so we've just written a nice bad ending for Gundam Seed. That's yeah, pretty much yeah. what it is. If Kira actually dies, I don't think that they can actually stop. Uh, Shin grabs the justice and Shin's like, I'm only 12, but I can, <laughs> I'm the main character now. <laughs> he wouldn't be like, how would he grab the justice? He's on Earth when the whole thing starts. It's fine. Oh, God, maybe Shin dies. <laughs> and the then Destiny ending. never happens. I mean, well, I get, Destiny probably doesn't happen. Destiny anyway. is worse without Shin. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I just I feel like if if Kira dies, you don't get to Destiny because I don't think the plants survive. Oh, do we have any other final thoughts to say? I feel like we got him out pretty much at the front of the show. 
It's definitely worth watching. Gundam Seed is definitely worth watching. You know, I will say, having gone back and listened to our earlier episodes, I'm glad that Kira didn't magic knife Rao to death. Yeah, because clearly it seems it's going that way. Yeah. Magic knives. He does that to uh, uh, Walt Felt instead. Yep. And also Captain Beardo, whose name is Marco Morrison. I had to look it up. <laughs> um, <laughs> Captain Beardo, right. Yeah, yeah Captain I, Beardo. I do agree with you. It wasn't something that I had thought about, but it also makes a lot of sense because the freedom doesn't have the knives. Yeah, I don't know. Especially just like talking about all the high points just now. Like, I like this show a lot. I just like I forget parts of it for some reason. Like it's it's weirdly it segmented. Long, right? Yeah, it's maybe just because it's long. It's like I have and epics we, in my head. And we did watch it over a period of like three years. A long time. Yeah. All right. So we are going to wrap up with something a little bit fun. We're gonna talk about the uh Gundam Shito Chibi Character Theater videos. Uh, we're probably gonna do them pretty quick because uh they are four minute videos. And if you're at all interested, you should watch them. They're, They're very hilarious. good. They're basically some little chibi comedy videos starring Isaac <laughs> and his quest to be better than Atherin at something. <laughs> the first one is the better of the two, and it's just him observing the like seed power. He sees Kira and Atherin playing a video game, and it's just their fight from uh, my high point, except for that. It's these little Haro mechs. They, it looks like, they look like the ball from uh, uh, Gundam, Gundam, the original. Yeah. So like they're in the middle of like shooting lasers at each other in a video game then they both go seed and then their horrors in the video game go seed and then they mutually self-destruct on each other it's amazing also they're wearing helmets just so that the beginning scene can have them yelling at each other in their helmets and then he sees kagali and lakis running at the street being accosted by a dog which is a legao that just says legao legao like it's a pokemon <laughs> and so kagali goes into seed mode and becomes gundam a gundam rouge battle armor and yeah, she unloads with a minigun, and then Lacus is like, no, this is not the way. And then she goes seed mode and gives it a speech. And it's such a good parody of her speeches. Like, I love those speeches, but they're also kind of dumb. And how much fun they have with that here, where she's like, doggy, why are you banging your fangs at us? Is that what truly brings you happiness? <laughs> yeah, it, it's... It's great. So Isaac gets a wonderful idea of like, oh, they have to put themselves in danger. So he goes and jumps into a Baku junkyard and has a bunch of Bakus on him or has Diarca shoot a Gatling gun at him. I'm pretty sure it's like the Buster's Gatling yeah, it gun, It looks right? like the Buster's guns. Um, and then has Diarca pulling him behind a... Ghoul? It's not a ghoul. I think it it's not? supposed to be a representation of one of the ships. Yeah, it might be. One. I thought it was a ghoul as well, but it might be one of the ships. In like a hover, it's like a hover car type thing, and he's just bouncing off of the pavement. And he's actually like, wait, they were always together. Their friend has to be in danger. And then he just ties up the arc and throws him off a cliff. He's <laughs> like, well, that didn't work. Oh, well. No, what's, what's even better is like, huh, I got the least reaction out of that one. <laughs> I'll just challenge Atherin directly. Why D didn't you do that before? Yeah, Diarca like comes in off off screen. He's like, well, you should have just done that in the first place. And then that leads to part two, where they are facing off in beach volleyball. Inexplicably, everyone no knows why. Everyone's confused about it. Even Isaac is like, why are we doing this? No, Isaac seems into it. Diarca's like, okay. well, what? Kigali is the announcer, and oh, Lacus no. is the commentator. We have to go back up a bit because it starts off with uh, Isaac and Diarca in red shorts because that's their team. And uh, Isaac's, you're my secret weapon, or like I forget what he's doing, but Isaac is like glaring at Diarca, and Diarca's like, don't get any weird ideas, which is exactly the comment I was going to make, and then the show made it for me. Well, he does later say, hey, Diarca, give me your thing. And Diarca's like, what? No, that's not our relationship. I am clearly into Millie. <laughs> Lacus is the 
color commentator. Yeah, the color commentary while uh, Kigali is... The actual announcer. Yeah, the actual Slash referee. Slash ref. um, And she's like, hey, I don't care about the rules. The first to win 50 points, gets 50 points wins. Um, I I also love the character introduction, or when Kigali... Is it Kigali or is it Lacus? Lacus is doing the character introduction. Uh, Yeah, when Lacus is introducing them and... uh, She's like, number one forehead, Atherin. Always in the mood for freedom, Kira. (laughs) And Kira's like crying. Yeah. uh, Kira looks adorable this entire time. He's just like, I'm confused. I want to go home. This is scary. Atherin and Kira rack up 49 points of the 50 they need until uh, Izak and Diarka manage to make a combo attack of putting Diarka's foot on the ball, which apparently stinks so badly it makes... He stepped in dog crap. It's very funny. Ha ha. I don't like the second part as much as the Kira first. Kira <laughs> and Atherin run into each other, knock each other unconscious, and... And then they just... Because Kigali said no rules... Just right. Uh, <laughs> they just uh, continuously knock the ball over until it's tied at 49 to 49. Izak, having finally achieved his goal, goes for the spike. Well, first, uh, Kigali and Lacus come out. And, oh, like, I forgot about that. Put Kira and Atherin on their laps and are like petting them. And Lacus has this speech about, ah, oh, sleep is good, but sleep and feelings aren't enough. You also need strength. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Kigali is just like... Your hair's gotten long, Atherin. <laughs> uh, and Isaac uh, gets so jealous that he breaks the ball, and that's a point for Isaac or for. Well, he Kira does finally go Atherin. seed mode though, and that and that's what breaks the ball, and that's what breaks the ball. And Lacus like, yes, now uh, Kira, you can sleep. <laughs> <laughs> and then it cuts back to the like table that the first episode started on. That's got like just a bunch of pictures of. Atherin beating Izak at various things. So we didn't go over that. How Atherin beats him in an eating contest. A and shiny a, forehead contest. A shiny <laughs> forehead contest. A karaoke contest. Um, and Diarka's like, well, at least you got another one for the books. <laughs> uh, there are also two Forgetting Them Destiny that I think are kind of better as a pair. But we will watch those in about a year. So that about does it. Uh, Tyler, what are you expecting in Gundam Seed Destiny from us? And My God, I'm expecting it to just be a shit show at this point. So, um, um, it, it holds together until it breaks apart. Okay, that's fair. Um, you at least seem to think that it's pretty good at the start. Uh, like the first 30 episodes, the problem is once you've seen the show, you can see all the plot threads that aren't going to get resolved in those. <laughs> yeah, so it makes it feel a lot worse. Apparently Neo-fucking-Roanoke. Yeah, Neo-fucking-Roanoke. Neo yeah, how does he live? Uh, God damn it. Um, masks. Masks. Um, you think I hate how Kira survived his? God damn it. Yeah. Honestly, I have no idea what to expect. Apparently, the openings are even boob bouncier, and I'm a little confused. <laughs> Over 9,000. <laughs> um, Do not play that drinking game. You will die. Yeah, so I actually have almost no expectation. Like, I don't know what the plot is at all. Um, I don't know who any of the... I know there's a Lacus Klein impersonator, and I'm into that. That's cool. But yeah, no, I'm, I have no expectations for it, really, so... I do like Luna Maria. Yeah, I like Luna Maria. I like Mir Campbell a lot. I like a lot of the mobile suit designs. The Zaku from Destiny, very solid. The Wyndham, one of my favorites. Um, a bunch of the like. I know you like the Impulse, although I hate the Impulse. I like the Impulse. We'll see how it ranks. I'm curious about that. The Destiny has really grown on me. You've mentioned that, and I have very hot and cold feelings on the Strike Freedom. I either love that thing and want it to fuck me all day, or I hate that thing and think it's the dumbest mobile suit design there's ever been. It depends on the day. So yeah, there's no more avoiding it. Next week we will be starting Gundam Sea Destiny. 
with episode one. The beginning of the never-ending tomorrow, Soliloquy for the Fallen. That sounds like a Gundam title, come on. With episode one, Angry Eyes. <laughs> Which sounds like an avatar. <laughs> it's just like the American version where they had to make everyone look grumpier. <laughs> we will see you next time. There is no escape. It is our destiny. This has been a last podcast production, copyright 2019. Um, yeah. <laughs> Good contribution, like- Zach. Shot they chose is this where he's awkwardly <laughs> he just sweaty. had sex. <laughs> this is not the best picture. <laughs>